0: Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Then he began to teach them, But on human things He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them if any wish to come after me let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me For those who want to save their life will lose it and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? indeed what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A legendary preacher named William Sloan Coffin once said, While Abraham lived through summer's parching heat, Jesus died young. But didn't both show us that it is by its content rather than by its duration that a lifetime is measured. Deserted by his disciples, in agony on the cross, barely 30 years old, Christ said, it is finished and thus ended the most complete life ever lived i love that quote and that word complete used to describe the life that jesus lived is different from the world word ideal Saying that he lived a complete life is different from saying that he lived a superlative or sensational life. Living a complete life is different from living a efficient, an efficient life. Yet sometimes I want to live efficiently. I think about how to spend the limited amount of time that I have and so when I go into Kroger, I'm thinking about how to get in and get out as quickly as possible. However, living in efficient life and living a complete life are not the same thing. I was at Kroger years ago when those self-checkout lines were first being introduced. That morning, I was in a hurry. I had some place to be, but I wasn't in too much of a hurry. I thought about the self-checkout line because it was empty, but it wasn't necessary. So, I went to the line with an actual cashier, even though in that line there were a couple of customers already there in front of me. I remember that the man in front of me bought cigarettes, cat food, and a newspaper. I remember that because I'm nosy. I was surprised that he started talking about a book he's reading to the woman at the register. It's a work of science fiction, he said. It'll probably take me six weeks to read. You must have a physics background to understand it. After I've only read five pages, I have to stop and think a while about what I've read. And could you also give me change for a 10? Two fives, please, the man said. She handed him the two fives and he explained. I'm taking my mother to the hairdresser this afternoon, and if I only have a $10 bill, she'll want to give the stylist the whole 10. It looks like you you got a haircut too, the woman at the register said to the man. You look nice, she said. Not too nice though, he replied. I lost another tooth, so I'm scared to smile because when I do, I look like I came down from Appalachia. I thought that was a mean thing to say about people from Appalachia, but I didn't say anything. I just kept on eavesdropping. I'm getting a a new tooth soon, though, he said. The woman at the register looked pleased with this. Come in here smiling once you do, the woman said. He covered up his mouth and he said, I'm smiling now, but don't look. If there are any banjos around, this smile may inspire them to start playing the theme song to deliverance. Then he laughed. The cashier looked at me and said, "I love seeing that man. He makes me smile every time I see him." I wasn't sure what to say in response, but I knew to be thankful for having witnessed this whole interchange, which never would have happened in the self-checkout line. The self-checkout line might have been faster, but there are things more important in life than efficiency. Self-checkout lines don't get jokes. They can't smile. You can't touch them. They can't hold your hand. People can do those things. Jesus did those things. God incarnate came down to make covenant with us, to have a relationship with us. So today, as we consider our second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus rebuked Peter for setting his mind, not on divine things, but on human things, I ask you, how should we be living? How should we be spending our time? A few summers ago, I was checking out at the Kroger on a Friday. The sermon is sponsored by Kroger grocery stores, by the way. <laughs> it was a hot day, so when I was at the Kroger at about 5 p.m., the woman in front of me had taken off her wig while shopping and put it in with the produce in her basket. The reason I know that, and the reason I know she took off her wig while shopping in the produce section is because the cashier bagged all this woman's produce and nearly bagged the wig along with the vegetables. Ma'am, you forgot your hair, the cashier said. (laughs) Today, as I remember the cashier handing this woman back her wig, once again, I think about the difference between divine things and human things. When I think about Kroger, I think about getting in and out as efficiently as possible, and yet there are divine things happening all the time, all around us. God is at work in our world all the time and all around us. There are great acts of compassion and love for us to see. However, our focus is so often on the human. On the temporal, on the business, on the hardship, all of which is temporary. There's a C.S. Lewis quote that I love. The devil's greatest trick is making us believe that our temporary pain or inconvenience is not, in fact, temporary, but permanent. We get wrapped up in all these worries, which will come and go. I have no idea what I was on my way to either of those times I was tempted to go through the self checkout line. Yet the first story I told you happened 15 years ago, and the second one back in 2019. I don't have any idea what I was rushing off to, yet when I slowed down, I saw a glimpse of the divine. Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things but on human things. Last Tuesday morning, my mind was on human things. And yet I gained a glimpse of the divine. Let me tell you what happened. Last Tuesday morning, I walked into the church to find that the power was out. Our director of administration, Melissa Ricketts, had already talked with the crew working out on the corner, replacing the power line. They didn't know how long the power would be out, so she was on the phone canceling the Tuesday morning Bible studies and meetings. The rest of us just waited there with her, not wanting to go off to our dark offices. We just stood by the glass doors waiting and hoping that the lights would come back on soon so that we could get on with our day and do something productive. There's so many things that have to happen on a Tuesday. I was thinking about emails I needed to respond to. I was thinking about the bulletins that need to be prepared. I had a sermon to write. I had phone calls to make. Would I be able to get anything done in the dark? Should I just go on and work from home? And, and what about all the food that we keep in the refrigerators? What about all the clocks around here that we need to reset? Those were the kinds of things I was worrying about while waiting for the lights to come back on last Tuesday morning. Maybe everyone else was thinking about the same kinds of things. I don't know for sure what anyone else was thinking because I was looking down at my phone trying to make efficient use of my time. Then our Tuesday morning front desk volunteer, Amy Sherwood, walked in with her We had a big enough crowd standing there in the gathering area for Melissa to suggest that I lead a morning devotion while we wait. I knew already that Fran Somerville had written one for me. Having begun my day with the Lenten devotional, our Stephen ministers prepared for us all, I grabbed a copy of that and read what she had written. This is what she wrote for last Tuesday. Anxiety and worry, who among us has experienced these? Probably most of us at one time or another. In Matthew, Jesus teaches us that worry is unproductive. He implores us not to worry about tomorrow, but to live in the present moment. Attend to his words. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Remember that God is in complete control of everything. As I read those last words, remember that God is in control of everything the lights came back on. I'm not kidding. Ask Melissa or Amy. They were there when it happened. And I tell you this true story now to say that God is in control. But sometimes I think I have more important things to do than to sit and wait. Christ goes to the cross to ensure our salvation, but sometimes I'm still working so hard to make something of myself that I forget that I don't need to do anything to earn his love. My friends, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, but Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, You are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. So let our focus be on divine things. We read in our call to worship, which used the 22nd Psalm, future generations will be told about the Lord saying that he has done it. In his death on the cross, he has given us everything. Everything. So stop acting like everything depends on how you use your next five minutes. It'll be okay if you're a little bit late. Next week, will you even remember what you are rushing off to go do? It'll even be okay if you leave your wig in with your produce. And if you do that, you might help some preacher finish his sermon. My friends, let us focus on divine things like the people God puts around us. I was struck by a podcast my wife Sarah encouraged me to listen to. In it, a man was interviewed who said that for his 50th birthday, he invited his 11 closest friends to dinner. And over dinner, he took the time to tell each of them how much they mattered to him. One by one, he did that. Can you imagine such a dinner? This man enjoyed doing it so much, telling his friends how much he appreciated them, that when he turned 70, he traveled to them and thanked them all for making a difference in his life. As he described the experience, I could hear it in his voice, how it brought tears to his eyes, and I get it. For what matters most in the end is not how efficiently we have lived, but how completely. How complete are your relationships? How completely are you enjoying your time? How completely aware have you been that God is alive in our world working his purpose out? My friends, we sang it because it's true. We will overcome whatever hardship we face. Future generations will be told about the Lord. All nations shall come and worship before him. Not because we have done it, but because he has. The God of our salvation will come in glory to set all things right. And when he does, let us not be so rushing around that we fail to see him. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.